Hey everyone, I'm Mackenzie. And I'm Haley. We are two sisters and best friends, and we're the hosts of Real Talk About Feminism, a podcast for female empowerment. Each week, we release a new episode. We talk about everything from periods to current events. And different types of feminism to worse first dates. Subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts, and tune in each week. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Real Talk About Feminism. This is episode 30. Woo! As we mentioned last episode, there was a little tech issue, and for some reason, our episode numbering got off once we published on Apple Podcasts. So it may seem like we skipped an episode, but we didn't. Yeah. So this is 30. Yes. (laughs) So exciting. Um, Today, we're really excited to bring on our guests for today's show. Her name is Elizabeth, and she's an influencer based in Miami, Florida. So pretty cool that we're able to interview her. We're in Mm -hmm. Colorado. She's in Miami. Uh, We're looking forward to chatting with her and learning more about her and just the influencer industry overall. At the end, we're going to do a Q&A section with questions that you guys submitted, as well as some of her followers. So let's bring her on. All right, Elizabeth, well, welcome to the show. We're super excited to have you. Let's start with the first question. Why don't you just tell us about yourself, how you got started as an influencer? Okay, so basically, um, I started off like... I feel like nowadays the way girls get into influencing is very different from the way that I got into it because it's a little bit more normalized now before not necessarily. So when I was in college, um, I think it was like my first or second year, I joined this like multi-level marketing company where they sold like hair products and all this stuff. Not going to say the name of the brand, but I'm sure if you did a deep dive on my Instagram, you definitely figure it out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But anyways, I joined that company and um, I was there for like six months and I learned a lot about like how social media can nurture a business. I learned what influencing actually is. I started to understand it better, what that word means. Um, I think that I, like, I really didn't understand influencing or what that, how people even made money online before. So anyways, I was there for six months and um, I left after six months. Reason being is that I realized I was, I was pretty good at what I was doing. I was making good money and like, I felt like I had a talent and a knack for this. So, um, but I just didn't feel like I, that, that company was right for me and I felt like I could be doing more and that I could be doing like bigger things. So I left and when I left, that was right around the time that the pandemic hit. So, um, right around that time is like, okay, like basically no social life. I had so much time on my hands. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we can like take this super seriously. And I think that at that point was when I really started to take, um, Instagram seriously, trying to build a platform and build a brand for myself. I was a part of this um, thing called, it's, it's, a, it's a company called um, Campus Trendsetters, and I highly recommend it to anybody who's in college. Um, basically, they help you get um, collaborations, paid and unpaid. Um, a lot of my first collabs were through them. So that was super helpful, like get me to start to understand how this all works. But yeah, and then after that, um, I was introduced to TikTok. At first, I, I, I didn't take TikTok too seriously, um, but then I realized there was a lot of potential there. And eventually, I, I grew my TikTok now. We're like at 34,000 
thousand followers, and I have this um, challenge that became pretty pretty viral. It's called 100 Days to 10K, and a lot of influencers have done it now, and it's super fun um, to see how like the community is all doing it. But basically, what I did was document my Instagram journey. So I would show people everything I was doing on Instagram, how I was getting engagement, what hashtags I was using, like the whole thing, um, and people loved it. And I think that that's kind of like when I started to build like. A, a much bigger community before that I was um like around 2,000 followers now um I'm much closer to 10,000 we're now at like eight eight thousand eight hundred something like that I'm trying to get to 10k before the end of the year um that's like my little goal but yeah it's like kind of just I feel like I'm still on this journey of like growing and like being an influencer I definitely don't know um, everything there is to know yet, but it's super exciting and so nice to like be transparent with people on TikTok, showing them exactly what I'm doing. Um, you know, no gatekeeping here. <laughs> but right. yeah, it's, been a, it's been a roller coaster, and I'm so so grateful for the experience. Um, I think that like growing my TikTok account and my Instagram account. Um, getting into influencing, all of that gave me a lot of confidence. I mean, I'm a marketing major, but um, you can learn so many things in the classroom. You don't know until you're doing it in real life. So the minute I started doing this stuff in real life, I had so much more confidence in like my skills and what I can do. And then that led me to now I have a social media marketing agency. I help brands, we build accounts, we create content. It's a great time. And yeah, that's basically where I'm at now. <laughs> wow, I have so many things I want to say. <laughs> Okay, shoot, go. <laughs> First off, I think it's really cool that you used your experience working for that six months at that company to what you're doing now. That's really cool. And I've heard a lot of people say they never thought they would be an influencer, but all of their work experience led up to what they're doing now. And I think that's exactly what you've done. It's really cool. Pretty much. Yeah. I think nowadays it's like so normalized. So girls are like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to start being an influencer, start posting. Like if I knew that, <laughs> I didn't have to go through all that other stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it, it helped you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for all of the little things that I had to get through to figure it out basically. So that right. is so cool. Um, so what would you say your favorite thing is about being an influencer and doing what you do? Um, okay. Well, there, there's a lot of things I really enjoy about doing this and just working in social media in general. Um, I've always been like a very creative person. Um, so I think like the creative aspect, the fact that I have, I mean, for the most part, like creative control over everything that I do, um, that's extremely liberating. And I come, I come from a family of like entrepreneurs, like my, my parents are, have their business and all that stuff. So I've always, always raised that, like, I would be my own boss. Uh, I didn't expect to be my own boss by like 20, 21 years old, <laughs> but, um, it kind of just happened that way. And I, I love that. Like, I love like being in control of, of what I'm doing. I get to decide what brands I want to work with. I get to decide how I'm going to go about things. Um, so I, I really enjoy that aspect. Um, yeah, I, I would say those are my two favorite things. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really appealing aspect for a lot of aspiring influencers and yeah. influencers, I think. I, I hear that quite a bit. Do you mm -hmm. still work a, a typical nine-to-five job or is influencing your full-time job? 
I love this question. <laughs> I actually got this question on my Instagram story. I did like a Q&A a couple days ago. Um, somebody asked me, do you have a do you have a nine to five? And I was like, no, not really. Um, so no, I don't have a nine to five. Um, I have my my company, right? My social media marketing agency. It's called Mevox Media. And but I don't see that as my nine to five. Um, I think that my personal platforms work really, really well with that one and like all the clients that I've gotten are, it's usually that they they find me personally in my platforms and then they find out that I have a business they're like oh okay cool so they they work simultaneously um I and I enjoy having several streams of income so I, I think of everything kind of like as a as an ecosystem the other day my mom said oh it's like a symphony and I'm like yeah there you go <laughs> it's like a symphony I'm trying to like put together and it's still growing there's so many things I have like in my head things I want to do um but yeah like I mean brand clouds having my business um all sorts of different things is kind of what eventually compiles into my nine to five. But um, yeah, I don't really, I, I don't really, I, I hope I don't ever have a traditional nine to five. I love this like freelancing, um, being my own boss thing. But yeah, I, I, I want to continue to do it this way. And I think it's super liberating. And I think it's amazing um, over the pandemic, how many people are, are, are doing this now. So like freelancing has blown up. I mean, not even just the influencer world, but things like Fiverr and like all these companies where people are copywriters and all sorts of different stuff. Um, it's, ex it's an extremely liberating lifestyle and also like a lot of financial freedom and a lot more control over your life. It's amazing. So highly recommend. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. The pandemic, I think really, showed people that they have choices. They don't have to stay at the same job for their whole life. They have right. all these choices and freedoms in the world to do yeah. whatever they want. So yeah. that's a really good point. It's the beauty of the side hustle that eventually can become main hustle. I mean, I kind of went into that multi-level marketing company, mostly like I, I, I wasn't necessarily like broke, but I wanted marketing experience. So I went into it, made a little bit of money was like, Oh, maybe this could be a full time, maybe not. But it was that side hustle, like having something going on extra that I know I could rely on, like in the case of like, okay, I graduate, I can't find a job. Well, I have this, you know, and that's the same situation for somebody who's working in corporate America. If you lose your job, like a lot of people did over the pandemic, they have something to rely on something that they can be like, okay, well, this, this didn't work out, but I can go back to this work out on that. And I'll have a stream of income. It's kind of um, like a, like a, what, what's the, what's the word? Like a security blanket, I guess. Like, yeah, a, yeah. like a, right. It's like a backup. It's just, it's a backup. Yeah. Well, I think it's really cool that as a woman, you are totally independent and you have your own business and you've just created Thank this you. platform for yourself so kudos to you yeah it's definitely yeah. a female dominated industry I mean influencing in general very female dominating which is what's so exciting and fun about it because um all the other girls you know they have such great energy and I meet other influencers and it's just like a really good energy about it I imagine I mean I've never worked so I can't compare it right but I've never worked like in corporate America so I don't know what it's like like in a different industry but here it's like oh it's pretty it's a pretty good time it's fun and it's different because it's so like fresh and new and so many girls are in it so it's awesome. so in such a female dominated industry um you just talked about how everyone is super nice and fun yeah, for the most part yeah so are there any times where it feels like a competition or does it mostly just feel like a community of mostly women who just build each other up I would totally be lying if I said that it's not a competition. 
<laughs> depends on the person. Um, I, I try never like, okay, we can go, we can talk so long about this, like having a healthy relationship with social media. That's a huge thing for influencers and anybody working in, in um, social media in general, having a healthy relationship with it, knowing that you can't compare yourself to other people. Like that's a whole thing. That's something you have to work on, like within yourself, every individual person, I think. Um, for me, like I try never to compare myself to other people, but sometimes things get to you and that's like very normal. And sometimes you want to even compare like, oh, like, you know, my video is better. My photo is better. How does this person have more followers than me? And like, you get competitive about the numbers or the engagements. Like, it's not even like, like, like body, like, oh my gosh, she has a better body than me. Or like, she's prettier than me. Sometimes it's literally just like the numbers. <laughs> Any, all of that can get to you. Um, but you have to, I think I've been doing this, I would say for like a year-ish now. Um, I, I try my best not to compare myself to other people and like surround myself around people who want to build each other up that's really important like the people you surround yourself with the people that you support the people that you follow um that they're bringing something positive to the table that's so important so yeah that would be my my recommendation if you're an influencer or whatever make sure you're following people who like bring goodness into your life if they're triggering an insecurity like sometimes it's not even their fault i mean if they're beautiful they're beautiful but if they're triggering an insecurity in you you know maybe you don't need to be following them you know find people who um, build you up that's my best advice and it's worked out for me pretty well good yeah that's great advice on social media and off <laughs> yeah 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 for sure so the influencer industry is very glamorized and for a good reason. Like you said, it's super liberating. You own your own business. You get to yeah. be creative every mm -hmm. single day. What are some behind the scenes or things that people wouldn't know about influencing that maybe aren't <laughs> the good side? I, I read this quote the other day that said, um, don't compare your life to somebody else's highlight reel. And that is like, <laughs> that is good. so applicable in everything having to do with, um, you know, social media like not everything is what it what it seems you know mm -hmm. a lot of the really big influencers or or you know influencers that we know and love on tiktok like they didn't come from like this glamorous like lifestyle now having their penthouse in new york like they had to build up to that um somebody i love is victoria paris and like she was like a college student like she was like she was just out there making videos making people laugh doing her thing now she like i i just saw some videos she just moved into this like great apartment she's all happy and liberated and whatever and and um you know independent i think that's great you know like she she went through the climb and i think mm -hmm. for a lot of influencers it's like that so like don't judge like where somebody is right now you have no idea what it was like for them to get there. I mean, I, I'm just using Victoria Paris because that was somebody who happened to come into my mind. Um, but yeah, like you never know, like they could be posting at all these glamorous places. Doesn't mean that they're like actually eating at all these glamorous places or attending these glamorous things. Um, you don't know like what their home life could be like, or maybe what it was like before they became a successful influencer. You know, everybody has their, 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 their backstory, right? So um, yeah, not everything is what it seems online and i think like some of the not so fun parts about being an influencer is i mean there's there's actually actually i can come up with quite a few but um i think that i'm trying to think of like a really good one i think that it's like really hard to um, hold on Okay, to like separate like a business and like fun that could be really difficult sometimes like having because 
you know, Instagram for me for a long time was just fun. Like it was like a creative outlet. Then eventually now it's like, it kind of feels like a business and keeping that balance could not, it's not always fun. Like I am the creative director. I'm the photographer. I'm the editor. I'm the, I'm the marketing person. I'm the, I'm, I'm everything. I have to be the person negotiating on the back end with these brands. Like you don't see that. Like you just see me with the brand online. You don't know what, what could have happened during the negotiations. Right. So all of that, like that part, I mean, depending on the brand, it, it could not be fun. It could be stressful. Um, having deadlines. I mean, it's literally like running a one-man show business. <laughs> for, for most influencers, it's a one-man show, um, unless you're pretty big. But yeah, there's so many like positions and, and uh, titles that you need to like fill <laughs> when you're when you're building an account. So that can be really difficult and people don't really see that. They just see you, oh, she's at a cafe. Like how cute, how casual, what a glamorous life. Like, <laughs> no, she was hustling on her laptop at that cafe. And then for 10 <laughs> minutes, took that one photo with the croissant and then kept hustling on her laptop. Okay, like, <laughs> like chill out. So I think, yeah. Don't compare what, what it may seem online. You never know. Um, and yeah, I think every influencer is an entrepreneur in a business. And, and yeah, no, there's nothing easy about that, especially in the beginning stages. So with all of those different aspects that you have to fulfill, the deadlines, all the editing, yeah. making it look perfect, um, how do you take care of yourself? What do you do to take time and make sure that you are staying mentally stable, physically okay, everything like that. How do you make sure that you're okay? Um, I, I genuinely enjoy what I do. Um, and it's so funny because I, I just talked about all the hard things about it, but I, I really do love what I do, right? There's always going to be a negative and there's always going to be a positive. Um, and I enjoy like I, I enjoy like going out and taking photos. Like I like doing that alone. Like I like being creative. Like, like that's, that's like fun for me. And it's, it's part of like the business, right? But the business side, but it's also like the fun too. I enjoy like sitting on, like some days I'll sit on Instagram and I'll be like, okay, like let's, let's get some inspiration, right? And I'll sit there and I'll, I'll look at some other stuff and I'll be like, oh, okay, let's save this. Let's save this, whatever. I enjoy that process. I, I, I like, I genuinely like what I do. I really do. And a lot of times it doesn't feel like work. It feels like fun. Um, and it's, and it was like, a, it's kind of like a struggle. It was a struggle for me for a while because I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a senior right now in college. I'm about to finish. And all my friends are getting jobs and all this stuff. And it, it becomes a little like, I got put in a weird position because I'm like, okay, like I'm doing this and it's kind of like fun and like, but it's also a business. And like, like, so it took me a while to take myself seriously and realize that, okay, even though this is fun, this is also like a business and a legitimate job that you're you have right so yeah I think a lot of like business and play gets mixed for me I, I since I enjoy it so much um it is kind of like my downtime my fun time um but something I do do that I had to like implement into my into my routine was just logging off and like disconnecting and being able to separate like the now and the now on social media. So um, for example, if I go out and, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm wearing a great outfit. We got to take some photos, whatever. But once the photos are done and we got that, like, that's it. Put away the phone, right? Like kind of a little bit of self-discipline. I mean, I can talk about this for a while, but there are a lot of things that I had to learn to do 
to be able to disconnect. And, and those disconnecting moments are kind of like, okay, we're gonna live in the present now. That, that's my self-love moment. That's my, okay, chill sort of moment, I guess. Um, so yeah, I had to learn how to do that. That was hard for a while because it's so easy to, to be consumed by social media. And I, I mean, you guys are two young women, so I'm sure you understand. <laughs> you yeah, can scroll yeah. on the For You page for hours and it's really hard to like get off and be like, okay. So yeah, being able to do that was kind of like an act of self-love that I had to teach myself. Um, but yeah, I genuinely enjoy what I do. So yeah, I mean, I do all the I do all the normal things, right? Like skincare, we love that, <laughs> right? Um, but you know what? I love sharing my skincare online too. Like, <laughs> I love sharing my hair routine. Too. Like, I love like okay, like sitting down and like blow drying, whatever, spending a little me time, right? Like in my thoughts. But I also love like filming it and showing people how I do it. And for me, like like they're both fun. Like I enjoy both of them. Like it's not it's not like one or the other necessarily so mm -hmm. I guess this is this is just my circumstance if you really love what you do you're not going to feel so much like it's a work <laughs> so yeah right and it sounds like for you you are able to notice and feel within yourself when you need to shut it off like it seems like you have yeah. a really great balance but it is difficult like we're not even influencers and like we scroll on the for you page for hours and sometimes we're consumed by social media so yeah. I imagine it's really hard it, it, it is difficult and like I'm not gonna act like it. it's it's always been smooth sailing about it mm -hmm. um to be able to separate the two and but you have to have a lot of you have to be self-aware um actually you know I'll just bring it up I am writing a blog which I don't know when it's going to come out because I've really been like thinking this through I want to really help people with their relationship with social media right because I feel like I'm not perfect yet, but I feel like I've learned a lot of things that have helped me so much not get consumed too much by this world. Um, and anyways, in the blog, like, I'm talking about, like, yes, you have to be, like, self-disciplined, but also, like, self-aware, right? So, like, if you're if you're sitting on the free page, like, why? Like, why, why are you sitting on the free page, right? Like, are you bored? Are you... Are you just looking for something to excite you? Like you, you gotta be aware of these feelings that you feel. Like when you, when you're, when you're sitting there, like, um, have you ever like sat there and just like spammed one person, like looked at all of their stuff and yes, gone on this yes. deep dive, kind of, or like a YouTube rabbit hole, like you know, when you all get on these time. social media rabbit holes, right? Like, where, do, where does that come from? Like, is it, is it coming from a place of insecurity, or maybe it's coming from a place of like wanting to learn something? That's a, that's a whole different thing, right? Like, I, I remember I used to get down these rabbit holes of like girls that you know were like so beautiful and had these gorgeous accounts and like oh my god I'll never be that pretty or whatever right like that comes from a place of insecurity right but I love YouTube and sitting there and learning like oh my god it's gonna sound so nerdy but I love like researching marketing stuff okay like I'm a nerd at heart um I love like I I'm not like like academic when it comes to like school like I kind of like don't care too too much but I love academics like for myself learning things that I'm genuinely interested in um and marketing is one of them like once I got to I've always been like good at school and like academic and all that stuff but once I got to college I was like okay there's certain things that like I want to know I don't need to wait for a teacher to teach me sort of thing <laughs> so anyways I got on YouTube and um I would like research people like Gary V oh my god I love him um watch his like three hour videos where he's like giving a seminar like I enjoy that and that comes from a place of like I want to learn something. I want to learn a skill. And that's a positive place. So if you become self-aware of like where these tendencies are coming from, right? Um, 
a lot of people like they they get depressed and they they just on social media just to get excited or happy about something you know you got to recognize that in yourself right so i think when you recognize these things and these tendencies that we have right then you can better like guide your your experience right so every time i go on social media i basically tell myself okay why like why are we getting on social media so i'll be like okay i'm getting on social media to get some fashion inspo okay i'm getting on social media to do some hashtag research okay i'm getting on social media just because I want to, just because it'll be fun, but I'm going to give myself a time limit. Like it's, it's a little bit of self-discipline, but a whole lot more self-awareness. And once you're like really conscious about what you're looking at, your experience on social media completely changes. Um, at least it did for me. And yeah, I'm, I'm really going to deep dive on that in my blog posts. And like, I'm really trying to like help people because I know that that's such a big such a big issue, especially for girls um, and now getting into all this influencing now that it's more normalized. Um, I don't want to see like girls getting into this and becoming so insecure like that. I want this. I hope that people who get into influencing in this industry feel empowered and excited and like happy and have a positive experience on social media, because I really do believe that there is more good out there than there is bad. As long as we create that experience for ourselves. Like I said before, follow people that make you happy, that bring positivity in your life, who aren't triggering insecurity, right? So yeah, all, all of that really, really helps. Wow. I, I love that whole message. I've never thought about getting on social media and having that self-awareness of why am I doing this right now? Um, yeah. I think that's great. I cannot wait to read the blog whenever you drop it. Oh, I'll send it to you guys. I'll send it to you guys. Yeah, please. <laughs> Me too, because like when you were talking, I was thinking like when I get on social media, it's because yeah. I'm bored or mm-hmm. I don't want to do homework and I want to progress. And that's totally normal. I don't want you to feel yeah. like bad or anything. It's <laughs> well, completely I'm, normal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a huge issue. Yeah. But like if you get on with a purpose and you're like, I'm going to give myself 20 minutes mm-hmm. on social media and then get off, yeah. like you don't feel so bad about wasting time. You don't feel bad about yourself or your life or yeah. however else, you know, the yeah. negatives that social media brings. That's a really right. good message. I like that. Thank you. No, and I spend so much time on social media. I mean, like I probably spend more time than like the average person because I work in it. Right. So I have my clients and I have to, then I have my platform. And there's also like a, like a level of like, okay, like I can treat my platform like just a straight business, but like people don't follow me just because I'm like this perfect, like photogenic, whatever, like fashion inspo. Like people like to see me candidly. Like people, like I, I need to talk on the camera. I need to talk about my day. I need to say a funny story. Like I need to be active. And have that human aspect, especially when you're a personal brand. So yeah, it's something you have you've got to learn to develop, right? Because if I was just constantly on social media, then it would screw in my head. So you gotta you've gotta like learn these little like skills. And I think that that really helps you keep a healthy balance, you know? For sure. I have another question that I just thought of as well. I think pre-pandemic, people on social media wanted to see like the, the perfect curated feed and like perfect outfits, perfect makeup. And I think this past year and a half, there's been a change where people want the natural, the raw, the real people talking on camera, just waking up in the morning. Yep. Do you agree? Do you think that's really important? Is that what you try to do? (laughs) I think that's so interesting you bring that up. So um, I was reading, I, I can't even tell you where I was reading it, but I was reading something about like Gen Z, you know, like my, our generation pretty much and how we grew up on Snapchat. Okay. 
I don't know if you guys can relate. At least I did grow up on Snapchat, that's for sure. Um, I was, you know, sending photos, sending funny videos, and everything is very candid. If you, mm-hmm. you, you know, nobody on Snapchat is sitting there like, like, I mean, yeah, there's a Snapchat filters, but like, you're not like perfectly curating everything, right? That you're right, sending right. to your friends. Well, that's how Gen Z grew up, right? So then we have this pandemic. Everybody's on social media. Gen Z right now is, is, you know, prevalent, right? Like we're like the new up and coming, right? Um, we're like in our 20s or, and teens. Um, we're basically controlling social media right now, mostly Gen Z. And Gen Z is used to this candidness, right? Like we're not like millennials that grew up on Instagram or Facebook, right? Where everything's perfectly curated. We kind of like this raw, funny, like stuff, right? Mm -hmm. The real like stuff. And I think that's why TikTok has been so successful. It's because not only was it a video platform, but people were being super raw. And I think that's why it blew up. And I think that now, people want that like now like they don't want that perfect influencer (laughs) like they don't want you to be this perfect barbie doll perfect ambassador like no 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 they want the real they want to know who you are they want to understand you they want to be a part of your experience they want to be a part of your journey um so yeah i don't think that i think that nowadays like you you can't be an influencer if you're if you're not going to be like transparent and real with people like you have to you have to have something that brings you to the table and people feel like they can connect with you. Because the thing is about influencing and basically any kind of building a brand online, if they, if people don't feel like they can connect with you, then anything you have to say, they don't, they don't care. You know, like I, if I don't get you to, to connect with me and like me and trust me, right. You have to trust me. The minute I, I show you a product or I'm wearing a certain brand, why, why do you care? You know, you have to trust me. You have to be like a fan, right? Like you, you have to genuinely be like, love, love this person, right? And it's kind of like when we think of like celebrities and stuff, like we're we're big fans of them. Why? Because then they have like these interviews where they, they talk about their life and then we become so interested, like, ooh, who are they dating? Like, right? So we become invested in their lives. The same way we become invested in a celebrity's life, um, influencers have to do the same, right? Like people become invested in our lives. And that's why what we have to recommend or say about anything matters. It's because people are actually invested in what we have to say. So if you're just going to sit there and be perfect all the time, nobody can relate to that. You know, nobody, nobody's perfect like that. So, so yeah, I think there always needs to be that level of like being real and transparent and like raw, you know, absolutely. Yeah, you have to be relatable. I think that's why someone like like Emma Chamberlain is so famous now because she's relatable and she yeah. sets up her videos and her feed like that. So yeah, very good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. There's some. I mean, most of the big influencers, I would say, um, all have like that raw aspect. Mm-hmm. You could probably, you know, unless they were been an influencer for a very long time or whatever um but most of the people especially in our generation that are blowing up on tiktok or blowing up on youtube and all this stuff and all these big you know people it's because they had something different they had something unique about them they had they were raw they were real they were relatable and yeah and i think that that's what makes them pretty pretty successful and i think that that's something like i had to learn a little bit like the hard way so when I first got on TikTok I don't know if I've ever mentioned this in front of people but this is kind of funny so when I first got on TikTok um 
when you know when you first download the app everything's like super trendy right like all the stuff you see on the free pages there's like trends right so i thought that that's what you do on tiktok so i was just like hopping on all these trends and like you know my views were like whatever like not nothing was a very big deal and i was like oh, what's the deal with this tiktok thing like how do power people <laughs> blowing up so then i got introduced to like fashion tiktok which very quickly actually because i you know i love fashion that's what i do on instagram so i got on fashion tiktok i'm like oh okay so i'm gonna just do that i'm gonna just like stand in front of a camera put on clothes maybe some transitions call it a day still kind of trendy right and nothing nothing it wasn't really a big deal no crazy views the minute i started like talking about instagram or the, or influencing or this very i think the first thing i talked about was like how to create really aesthetic instagram feeds or how to edit and like you know how to do all this instagram stuff all of a sudden like these were things that other people weren't talking about and people were like, oh, like, that's cool. And then I started talking about the stuff I do on the back end, like the hashtags. And people were like, oh, my God, what? And like, you know, these are things that people don't really talk about because all they do is show their cute outfits. They don't show, like, the back end, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what my TikTok account became. It was, like, the back end of my Instagram. I think that's on my TikTok bio. This is this is the, the behind the scenes of my Instagram because <laughs> it literally is. Like, I, I talk about um, when 100 Days 10K was going on, I show people, like, oh, like, this is, this is how I would reach out to brands or this is how I'm getting this brand collab or I would show people what I'm doing on the back end. I'd show them my hashtag strategy. I'm showing them what works, what doesn't work, the hacks, right? Nobody else is doing that. And I think that that level of like rawness and like honesty was like kind of what attracted people to me. And yeah, and I think that like it, it made me learn like, okay, this is important, like to be honest, to be real, to to bring something interesting to the table, to teach people something too, right? Because I feel like that's basically what I do on there is to show people and teach them. And sometimes I still post like the fashion stuff because I like it and it makes me happy and that's really what it's there for. Um, but yeah, I know that that's a really big reason why I was successful on TikTok was because of the transparency. Wow. Well, I think that's so cool. And as someone who is not an influencer, I can totally relate to that and I like to see the real and the raw stuff. And I like to see, I like to learn, just like you said, you like to learn about different things. I really like to learn. I love watching like how it's made or different things that interest me like that. Yeah. I can spend hours doing that. So I, I think it's so interesting if you have something to bring to the table, like you do showing how you, how you can do all this stuff with hashtag strategy and different things like that. That's interesting to people and people want to learn. So I think that's really cool. I think there's a big shift to like value-based content. So like you, just like I was saying before, bring something to the table, but when you can teach people something, that's very valuable, right? Like that's something they'll save, they'll send to a friend, they'll keep, they'll, they'll you know, or yeah. comment. They want to learn more. They want to, they want, they want more stuff like this. Like, and then people become really, really interested because you're teaching them something that they didn't know before. And I guess maybe I'm kind of like that too, right? Like I love watching YouTube videos about things of people teaching me stuff, you know? Um, I think I learned how to put on makeup because of YouTube, right? <laughs> you know? Like I I remember my mom like trying to put on makeup for me and I'm just like, I look ridiculous. I like did a little YouTube search, fell in love with Michelle Phan and Michelle Phan basically taught me how to put on makeup, okay? Like everything I know about makeup, that woman taught me. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of there's there's a lot of people interested in just like learning something. Like they wanna they wanna learn something. They don't really care, like like you know, they don't really care what you're wearing. I mean it depends, right? But like for the most part, if you gotta bring something to the table, inspire them, teach them, 
make them excited about something. Those are those are really the key things when it comes to creating content. You want to either inspire them, you want to motivate them, you want to teach them something, you want to make them laugh, you know, you want to entertain them. Those are the things, right? Those are the things that I think make a really good piece of content. I'm thinking about all the videos that I like on TikTok and most of them are like that. It's like five ways to wear this jacket this fall, <laughs> like things like that. Yeah. So, I yeah. think that's very true. This generation really is valuing the content that gives us something. Yeah. 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 Why? Like, why are you, why do, why should I sit here and listen to you? Like that's what every viewer is thinking, right? When they're scrolling on TikTok, why do I care? <laughs> so if you can make them care in the first, you know, five seconds, three seconds of the video, then they're invested, you know? So yeah. And it's a competition because there's so many people on TikTok, so much content. So it's the competition to get your attention. I mean, that's really what social media is, right? You're trying, everybody trying to get somebody's attention. So if you bring something to the table, value-based content, um, then it'll work out better for you. Well, awesome. I think we should do some questions um, and have you answer some of the things that people are wondering. Um, One of the first questions that somebody submitted is, how do you get others to take videos and pics of you? I feel so awkward when I ask. Okay. So um, basically, (sighs) okay. So when I, when I create content, um, a lot of times, like I plan it. Right. So I'll say, okay, we're going to go to this location, whatever. And I go by myself with a tripod. I mean, sometimes I go with a friend and if I do go with a friend, it's a friend who is into this as well. So if I were you and you want to go with somebody else, you don't want to be alone. um, Go with somebody who's also a content creator because that's going to help because they understand, you know, they're going to they're not going to be annoying about taking photos. Um, Only thing is like, you know, be respectful. Right. Like if you're if you're taking forever to get the perfect photo and they need to get photos too, you know, you're going to have to balance. So I think it becomes more difficult in that sense because you now you're working with somebody else and they need content. You need content. Right. So that's why I find it difficult sometimes to like shoot with other people. I think that um, you lose a little bit of time because you have to shoot for them and you have to shoot for yourself. But those are the best people usually to ask because they understand, like they're they're doing the same thing, right? But um, yeah, or just get a tripod, download Lens Buddy. Um, it's a great app. It'll take the photos for you. Or you could also um, just get like a Bluetooth remote for the camera and plan out your location, shoot the photos, whatever. Now, if you're in a situation where like it's a social setting, you're on a trip with family, anything like that, um, where you're, you can't really like plan the content. You're just like shooting as you go. Right. Um, I think it's good to like, maybe have a conversation with whoever you're there with. Um, if you're taking influencing seriously or content creation seriously, um, I think at this point, like my parents, like my, my sister, they know, they understand what I do. Um, so they don't really give me a hard time um about it because they know that this is important to me that i need to get this done especially if it's like a brand collaboration like listen i need to get this photo whatever so as long as you have a conversation with them and be like hey like is it okay with you if like we just shoot some photos but um the best thing you can do is get really good at shooting photos because the worst thing is that you ask somebody um maybe it's not even family maybe it's like a friend right who's like not really into this and they're gonna be the first people to get annoyed um you gotta get good at like getting that photo quick because if you're gonna sit there forever shooting the photos you're quickly going to annoy that person and yeah and then that's gonna make you feel bad and you're gonna feel like oh my gosh like um I don't want to I don't want to do this um I don't want to you know constantly ask people because they're gonna you know give me that energy 
Um, you, so get good at taking photos so that you can be quick about it. If you can get the photo in the first 10 minutes, like, or five minutes, you know, that'd be great. Like, don't take up too much of this person's time. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I like, I, I like to plan my stuff, go by myself, have my tripod. I know how much time I'm going to take. It's only my time that is like on the line, basically. <laughs> so that's the only time I have to worry about. Um, so I can take as long as I need, whatever. But I think over time, I've gotten really good at like knowing my I guess knowing my angles and stuff and like understanding how to get the shot. So it's really quick. I'm like, Hey, stand here, point this way. And then you're just going to click that until I tell you to stop. And I just pretend like they're a human tripod. I get the photo within the first, you know, five minutes. I mean, five minutes max, honestly. And then we're good. And you have to also understand that you might not get the perfect photo and that's okay too. Okay. So like you you need to accept sometimes that the lighting is just going to be off. Or you just don't look good that day. You're not feeling yourself. The person sucks at taking photos, whatever. Like, don't get overly frustrated about it um, because it, it happens and there's nothing really you can do about that. So, yeah, I would say get really good at taking photos by yourself. And then when you're with other people, make sure you just have a conversation. Be respectful about it. They don't want to take a photo. Like, you got to accept that. It's your business. So it's your you got to do what you got to do. Like, you can't rely on other people. Right. So, yeah. That, that's what I would do. <laughs> okay. So this question we already kind of touched on um, is influencing a full-time job. How long does it take to create content every week? Is influencing a full-time job? It can be. It can also be a side hustle. Totally up to you. It's like, um, it's like okay, think of it like freelancing on anything, right? Like you're a freelance writer. If you take a lot of jobs, it's going to be a full-time job. If you take one job, it's only going to be a little gig. So it's completely up to you whether or not it is a full-time job. But I believe it, it can be a full-time job. Um, absolutely. Um, and what was the other part of the question? About how, how long? How, yeah. How long does it take to create content every week? Okay. Well, the more content you make, the better you're going to get at it. So um, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, it takes me forever to take photos, whatever. The more you do it, the faster you're going to get. Okay. So that it totally depends on the person. Um, some I know some people who like actually have a nine to five and then do influencing on the side. So they, they shoot all their content like on the weekend and then they like post throughout the week. So you can do it like that. You just have to find a schedule that works for your own personal life. Everybody's life is different and everybody's schedule is different. So finding a schedule that works for you and content batching is super helpful, which is basically just like when you shoot everything ahead of time and then post it um, little by little. So you always have like a, like a library of photos and content. Um, that's super helpful. But yeah, it's, to it's totally up to you to like create that schedule that will work for you, if that makes sense. So that's it's different. Part of, yeah, that's yeah. part of the business. Like you get to create your own schedule. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, two more. Where do you get your clothes? Your style is so cute. <laughs> um, so a lot of my stuff recently has been gifted. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so excited to say that. Like uh, that makes me so happy. Um, there was a point when I was like, cause to do this is it's a little bit like an investment. I'm not going to lie. Like when you first start posting content, unless you have like a phenomenal closet, right. Where you could just start posting whatever it is you have, which is probably what you should do. Right. Um, at some point you're going to run out of clothes and you're like, okay, I need to go shopping. And it's going to kind of be like a business investment <laughs> because, you know, 
you're not you're not getting collabs you're not getting paid yet maybe you have a small account at the moment so yeah there's gonna be a moment when like you have to buy your own stuff but i'm super like super happy to say that like you know now i have a lot of stuff that's gifted it's from different brands um so i i don't feel like i run out of like clothes that much but anyways one of some of my favorite brands um i really like zara because it's very european um i really love the, that european look even though now they're getting kind of trendy like um, i love zara but that's not always like very like um cost effective right like they're they're not necessarily on a on a budget over there so yeah if you're on a budget i would say amazon you'll, you'll find so many things on amazon um especially like your basics or like very specific pieces that you want um try amazon and then um, some other places I love. I'm trying to think. I've recently fallen in love with Princess Polly. Um, I did a collaboration with them, but I had actually never tried the boutique before. Um, and I, I don't know why, but I had this impression that, like, it wasn't going to be very good quality. But I was totally wrong. Like, totally wrong. I love the quality of their clothing, all the style. Will I see myself keeping all the clothes that they gave me for a very long time and like buy more in the future and hopefully collaborating with them in the future? I, I love them. Um, so I really like Princess Polly, I think they're great. Um, for like an online boutique, they're pretty reliable as far as like material, clothing, and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, Amazon, I like Zara. I'm trying to think, I like to thrift. Okay, so really unique pieces. If you want something like really cool, really unique, very like 90s or like very 80s or like, you know, very Y2K, all that stuff is so in now. Um, you can thrift that, okay? <laughs> so even though, I mean, yeah, you want to have a new thing, but I, I would, you know, if you're on a budget and you really want to like build a nice wardrobe, get into thrifting. It's kind of something you have to learn trial by error kind of like learning your area, um, understanding how it works. But yeah, thrifting is great, especially if you want like a unique piece nobody else is going to have. And like everybody's going to ask you where it's from and be like, it's vintage or like it's thrifted, <laughs> whatever. Um, I, I love doing that. I love thrifting because it, it just feels like such a unique and fun experience. And you just get to like pick pieces that really speak to you. You're not like being affected by like what might be trendy right now. Like all the clothes there is old. Okay. So it's really up to you to see what you're, you're gravitated towards. So I, I really enjoy thrifting, but I've always been like into shopping. Like I could spend a lot of time at a mall at a physical mall okay like not online shopping <laughs> like nowadays everybody just online shops and like that's fine I do that too but I love like spending time walking into stores and like I, I enjoy that experience <laughs> so yeah I feel like thrifting is kind of the same thing you have to like go to stores and like, see and, and like you know it's a process it takes long it's not like Amazon you're not going to get a one-day shipping but it's a cool experience if you want to build a really unique closet well, awesome. Those are such great suggestions. We have one more question. Um, so somebody asked, how long did it take to grow your following? So it took me two months to, to make my account hit 4,000. So I was like 2,000 something, 2,800, recently like that. Um, it took me like less than two months, 30 days, I think, 30 something days to hit 4,000. And that was when I first started talking about Instagram on my account i was like okay guys this is what i'm doing on the back end when i started 100 days to 10k i had like 4200 something like that so let's just say 4000 and i doubled more than doubled it now i'm at 8700 something like that um within 100 days so 
yeah, less than it, le- less, I mean, within the past year, basically, is when I've, when I've blown up my account. And a lot of that is accredited to TikTok because TikTok, I obviously was talking about my account and all this stuff, but I also started implementing all of these it, to, uh, Instagram strategies. I started implementing Pinterest into my strategy as well, which I, you'll see on my TikTok, you'll see how like I explain it and how I do it. Um, all of that combined is what caused my Instagram to blow up. So it was kind of like, it's not just posting, right? <laughs> like you can't just post and then expect all this engagement. Um, it takes a while. It takes a lot of um, platforms funneling in, right? TikTok and Pinterest were like my two funnels. And then that's how I got like my Instagram to grow. But in the process, my Pinterest grew and in the process, my TikTok grew as well. So um, yeah, like within those hundred days, I doubled my Instagram following. So yeah, you can you can double your Instagram following or more than double it in just a hundred days. It's up to you how how you handle this sort of thing. I, I talk about I talked about this um, before on like my Instagram story and stuff like that. You have to be like, you have to like set a goal and like stick to it, stick to a strategy, be consistent. Like it's completely up to you how long it will take because it, everybody's different. Everybody's content is different. Your experience is different. I was already pretty experienced in photography and creating content. So that was already a hurdle I kind of had already gone over. So it was really just about the strategy, right? But for some people, they're new to content creation. So they have this great strategy, but then their content isn't so great. And like, I know that's not something nice to hear, but it's the truth. When you first start, it's not so great. So you, that, that also plays a factor, right? So it totally depends on where you are right now in your journey and then like what you're willing to do to get there. I, in a hundred days, I more than doubled my Instagram following, but I had a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge before that to set up a strategy that I knew would work for me. So it completely depends. Like it's, 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 it, yeah, it's uncomparable. I think to, depending on the person, what kind of content you're making, but I totally believe that like you can blow up your account in a very short period of time. Like I did, um, just takes a lot of consistency, <laughs> a good mindset as well. So. That's really awesome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> very thank, you. thank you. Thank you. I never thought I'd be able to do that, but you know, it was funny. The reason why I blew up my account was because it was this brand I really wanted to work with. And on their application, it said that they didn't work with anybody under 4,000 followers. And at the time I had like 2,000 something. So I was like, I need to hit 4,000. And that's when I started like, around that time was when I realized that people liked hearing about Instagram on TikTok. So then I made that little like challenge. I was like, okay, I want to hit 4,000 followers. Um, And then I started documenting it on TikTok. My account grew. And then I was like, oh my God, that grew so fast. Like all you have to do is kind of like set your mind to it. That sounds so cheesy, but like, it's true. You set your mind to it. And then I was like, okay, let's, let's get even crazier out here. Let's do a hundred days and try and hit 10,000. Right. And I didn't hit 10,000, but I came pretty close. And, you know, it's, it's been pretty cool. It's been pretty cool. I kind of like after that have taken not a step back, like I still make a lot of content, but like stopping a little as intense, like giving myself a break, I said, okay. Like I gave myself a little bit of a break, still creating content, all that, but I wasn't as intense about it as I was during the 100 days. Now it's like, okay, I really want to hit 10K before the end of the year. So let's like ramp it up again. But um, yeah, I think if you set your mind to it, you can totally do it. Well, I'm manifesting. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm manifesting that you will hit 10K by the end of the year. <laughs> We're manifesting it right here on this podcast. <laughs> and I think that that is a great message for anyone. Like in whatever you do, if you set your mind to it, then you can really achieve whatever goal you have, whether that's social yeah. media or something in your career or in your personal yeah. life. I think that's a really good lesson. Yeah. When it comes to social media, like – People need to stop getting in their own way, 
okay? Like, I feel like so many people just, they're just getting in their own way. Like, they're comparing themselves to other people. They're like, oh, well, they're only big because of this, or I can never be like that. Like, no, like, you're unique. You have something to bring to the table. Stop getting in your own way. You do you, focus, and, like, learn. Like, there's a lot of lazy, like, laziness going around. Like, like, oh, I'm gonna just blow up, like, in five seconds on TikTok. It took me a while to blow up on TikTok, okay? And once I finally did, I feel like I had learned so many things, and that's what helped me consistently blow up on TikTok, you know? And I, I had to learn a lot of things before. Like I said, I like to sit on YouTube and learn stuff. People have to do the work, you know? You have to do the work on the back end if you want to see success it's not just gonna happen you know and I think that's something we kind of have to learn there's a lot of instant gratification in our generation right so I think that's something we kind of have to hurdle that's a hurdle for us right like in general right we're used to social media we're used to things happening on the second on demand like we don't even watch television with commercials nowadays we just watch Netflix like right so we need to like get over like the instant gratification thing and like you know learn figure it out go through the process I think there's so much value in that you know I love that yeah yeah well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on today. Why don't you drop your Instagram for all of our listeners? Yeah. Okay. So I'm Elizabeth underscore Jude underscore on every platform, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, whatever. And if you want to see my vlog, it's elizabethjude.com. So pretty easy to find. And it's a link on all of my social handles. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for having me. Like, love the podcast, love what you're doing to young women. Like, this is great. So I wish you guys all the success in the world. Thank you so much. You as well. Thank you. All right, you guys. We hope that you enjoyed that interview with Elizabeth. I know that we both did. She's so cute. I love her now. Yeah, we were fangirling for a minute after. (laughs) That was really fun. So fun. Um, So definitely go check out all of her socials, as she said. And uh, of course, we will tag her and everything on Instagram so that you guys can find her easily. And we'll put her her handles in the show notes for you guys. Um, As always, you can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. Um, We are on Twitter now. So definitely go check us out on that. Um, You can find us everywhere at Real Talk About Feminism or Real Talk About Feminism podcast. So follow us on Instagram. um, Subscribe to all of our channels so that you get those notifications when those episodes drop every Sunday night. Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys next week.